possibly gone earlier. Some people would like that, but we we felt what that January from, when you got the non-compliance letter, wouldn't that have set off a red flag that would suggest? Uh, 11 months uh, ago. Houston, we have a problem. Problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it got it got a lot spicier. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. 8.13 on Wisconsin's Morning News this Tuesday morning, a Tuesday after a Green Bay Packers loss. I want to share with you two texts that came through through the morning on the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line. And if you want to sound off, it's 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. Okay, so these were unsolicited. Okay. But it, it tells you where some in Packers Nation are today. How and they're I, feeling at and, this moment. And I am not feeling this way, but here's one just random. 657. We need a new coach. Okay, so we're, we're <laughs> at fire the right. coach today. <laughs> we need coach. Fire the coach, right? And then we have the Giants ran a basic high school offense and carved up Joe Barry's defense like a chicken cutlet. <laughs> Defense, chicken, cutlet. I don't know where Packers fans are collectively this morning. I'm not, I'm not, what am I? I'm not that frustrated. Hmm. It's too bad. Could have had another one. Could have been in a better spot. Should have played better. Sloppy, sloppy, sloppy. I guess I was annoyed by that. Okay, you go out, you play a team, you get beat, fine. But when you're sloppy and you're turning the ball over and balls are flying all over the place and you're putting it on the ground, that's annoying. But I'm not where I was seven weeks ago. <laughs> when they couldn't get where first four downs. weeks ago, we're like, right, you go the f- whole first half. Gosh, I can't remember which game it was. I think it was at home against the Vikings. It was like a minute to go in the first half before we had a first down. <laughs> boo! Boo! Right. So not that bad? I'm not there. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I'm seeing it wrong, right? Is it time to hit the emergency button? It's not. If it wasn't you know, 24 hours ago, we're all like, hey, we should roll well, these guys. So how much of this is, you know, we, we were joking about swinging on the pendulum, right? Like how the world was falling seven weeks ago and then last week. Super excited. Oh, my God. They're amazing. Blah, blah, blah. Super Bowl and all this stuff. How much of this is our own fault for creating this, like, Every week, you know, living and dying and so super excited or dreaded, uh, or, you know, like it seems like we go out of our way to feel really good and expect the greatest achievement in quarterback play every week. And that's not always Just the case. We're impatient and fickle fans and we react very strongly to that which we saw last. You know whose fault like, that is? Well done, media. That's media's fault. <laughs> why, is it, why is it our fault? <laughs> I would try to drive up any expectations. I just tell you what I thought. And that's where I am today. I don't I'm not I'm not down on him. I would prefer to have won, but as you look at the playoff picture, we're in the same spot we were yesterday. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, still still, still in the right seventh now, if the playoffs were today, we'd be in. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that magic juju works out between which team, whatever the tiebreakers and all that, because there what do we say? Six teams at six and seven right now in the NFC. It's a gridlock at the six and seven record. So something we'll have to give. I, again, go into this week with expectations of beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home at Lambeau Field. That is my expectation. Would I be shocked if we lost? No. Do I think we're this juggernaut? No. But I expect I expect we win that game. Barrel I, roll. I still, no, we're not going to get barrel <laughs> rolled. I still think we're going to make the playoffs. I think we will. I think we figure it out. But how can you be at fire the coach today? <laughs> 
<laughs> I thought he put together a fine game plan. There were guys open that were missed. There were fumbles that, you know, weren't his fault. I thought he had a fine game plan. Yeah. Game plan was good enough to win, offensively and defensively. Game plan was good enough to win. Various players didn't make plays. You can blame the conditions. You can blame, you know, what they're believing. You can blame youth and whatever. But the game plan was good enough to win. And how often when you do have a juggernaut, this is one of the reasons that I get worn out sometimes on sports talk radio because it sounds like, you know, the players say the same stuff, right? They become automatons. Sure. You know, where you come in there, you could do the AI player news conference of, you know, the pregame, whatever. You know, what do you guys got to do? You know, what are the keys to victory? Well, we just got to execute the game plan. You know, coaches put us in a position to win. You know, we got a good game plan. We just got to yeah. go out there and execute. We didn't execute. Matt LaFleur even said that yesterday. So execution is a thing. And some of that falls on coaching from time to time, right? If your guys consistently can't go out and execute, is it the guys or are you not practicing right? Are you not doing things right? But it was good enough for three in a row. And you beat two great teams. So I think inconsistency is something that you get with a young team. And so we get what we got. We'll have to look at the tape. <laughs> but we've got to be better. I've got to coach better. Guys have to play better. There you go. There's the AI ball coach. Go ahead. Right. Over and over and over again. Grab, grab, grab. Nobody tackling. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> oh, boy. I take comfort in knowing there are a lot of other teams that suck, too. There <laughs> truly is not a standout team to beat in the NFL this year. Boy, that text know. just coming in this morning. I don't know if I agree with that. Mistakes some... cost games. There's another text. Who cares? It's Bucks season. Ooh. This team won't make the playoffs. Wonder if tickets will drop in price. You know, we were talking Not about yet. that yesterday. I wanted to, I am going to take my daughter to her first game. We've gone to family night a couple of times, but she's my, she's my Packer fan, and mm-hmm. I'm going to take her to a game. We promised her for her birthday. Found the date. It lands on this day, game, so we're always going to go. So I've been watching ticket prices on the resale market, and they just don't seem to fluctuate that much. I always thought, well, you know, team gets better, team gets, they kind of don't move. Good. So that's fine. I, Man, if you got to go to a game, try to find somebody who will sell you tickets at a reasonable price. These resale sites, you go on there and a guy's selling tickets for 99 bucks, and then you go to checkout and it's $150 uh, per. How did that happen? Did some fees tacked fee. on by some of these things? <laughs> yes, they've made it super convenient, whatever, for you to be able to do things. We were talking, Eric and I hosted the pregame show yesterday, Green Bay Game Day on ESPN Wisconsin and right here on WTMJ. And. I was working in Green Bay when one of the biggest things they were wrestling with was ticket resale and around Lambeau Field and around Old County Stadium or wherever, you know, we're all old enough to remember the days when if you needed tickets to a game, you just went up there. So now we'll find somebody. And you look for a guy holding up Mm -hmm. two tickets going, who needs two? Who needs two? Guy with a sign. I got four. Who's looking for tickets? Another guy has a sign that says looking for two, Mm -hmm. looking for four, need just one. Here for my first game, really need a ticket. You know, and people would exchange the hard tickets there. And Green Bay wrestled with, and, and Ashwabadan wrestled with um, trying to create an area where ticket resellers could stand. To herd them. Yeah, right, because they didn't like them walking around the stadium, and there were various ordinances with that. So I just remember being a part of that. But now it's so easy where you go online and bing, 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 except now you're paying these exorbitant fees. I just feel that uh, it... I feel like we always have to check ourselves after after wins and after losses because it's been so easy. I mean, we everyone, I shouldn't say everyone, Tauscher was a little nervous about last night. He said so on our on this very station. He's trying to tell us. He was a little freaked out about how it was gonna go last night, and he was right. But I think everyone anticipated, jumped on that train. Oh, Jordan loves the <laughs> the third becoming of next Hall of Fame player, all this stuff. And oh yeah, right. Still still learning. People are there's no optimism on the text line. Isn't that amazing? None. 
Meanwhile, a week I've been ago, accused of smoking good stuff here. <laughs> <laughs> this team sucks. Packers will lose. Mason Crosby just saying. There's a point to be made there. Anders. Mm. Missed another one. Mm. Would have been nice. Yeah. Not great conditions. Not easy. Mason Crosby had his ups and downs as well. So maybe it was time to move on, but I don't know. Did he end Made up- the difference. He did not play. Uh, I, there was a different kicker kicking for the Rams on yeah. Sunday. But didn't they bring him in? I thought so. Maybe just to push, dude. Could be, but it wasn't him because I saw it and popped it on. I'm like, oh, that's not Kras. Do we suck? We don't suck. No. <laughs> Come on. I'm not going to be convinced by that. Are they the best team in the league? No. They are not the best team in the league. They beat the best team in the league. They beat the Lions, which well, a few weeks ago were the best team in the league. Mm, mm. Now who are the Lions? Mm. It's just a lot of mediocrity. And when you're young, <laughs> yes, I think that's part of like it. Like Tausch says, this is a, a telltale sign of a young team. They go out there and they make mistakes. Is it hot enough for you? Oh, well. Why did that get played just <laughs> now? <Bullseye! laughs> I'm quite comfortable with the temperature. Thank you. So I will go, I will cheer, I expect to win. I expect to win this week. But if we lose, I guess I wouldn't be shocked. It's almost a must win, isn't it? I mean, yeah, they're still sitting pretty, I guess, to 40, get into the post. What, 42%? Something like that? Yeah. If we go by the percentages, thank you, Debbie. That's Vince's favorite thing to discuss. <laughs> Again with the analytics. The Matt's been into that too, Deb, lately. He's presenting the, you know, according to whatever the algorithm they run. Hey, I'm just happy I was able to remember the number. Yeah, good well for done. you. Right. What, for whatever that's worth. You got to go out there and play that. I don't need to see the analytics on it. Like We know what we got to do. But I'm not at fire the coach. I'm not even at fire Joe Barry. I don't want to fire anybody. Let's just... See, you worked for three weeks in a row. We had a stumble. Let's go out there and play the Buccaneers and see what happens. 822 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Frustrated this morning, beyond the Packers. This is, I'm off the Packers. I can tell. There's a front... Fine line between being open-minded and simply being wishy-washy and non-committal, right? Like I mentioned, sports talk radio. You know, the most successful hosts have a take, right? You don't you don't tune into a sports talk radio show to hear a host every time go like, I don't know. What do you think about this team? You know, man, it could be good, could be bad. But I don't know, man. You I don't know. know what that means, right? You, you want somebody to have a, a, a strong opinion and sell that, and and be open to disagreement, certainly. So you know. You want to be open-minded, but you don't want to just be non-committal and never really land on something. And we talk about this often, like a failure of many Americans, including some in leadership, to present any sort of consistent ideology. What do you believe in? What are your core principles here? Not who do you follow? Not who are your leaders? Who did they tell you we're supposed to be excited about? Not what things did they put forth? Like, okay, that's my team. person I voted for said, here's where we're going. You know, leaders have to lead, but, you know... We have to have our own ideologies so we support or you know, take away from those things that are presented. So okay. I get frustrated when I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's the lens that I view Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky's visit to Washington today. If I were a member of Congress, I don't know whether I would continue to support Ukraine and the aid that we're providing to that nation in its current form. And I'm frustrated by that because I want to say, like, we have to do this. But I don't know. President of Ukraine, Zelensky, visiting Washington today. He's on Capitol Hill now. He's looking to secure tens of billions of dollars in additional funding from the U.S. to sustain his country's continued fight against Russia. 
He's supposed to meet uh, with President Biden at the White House, lobbying members of Congress directly who need to pass that military aid package that's sort of been hung up. Now, one of the things President Zelensky is very good at is making this not just about Ukraine. He makes this case about the world. The world needs to hold off Putin. Happens to be in my country. ABC's Andy Field on that message. Ukrainian President Zelensky telling American military leaders that without continued American aid, President Putin won't just stop with a victory in his country. Won't be satisfied with just a part of Ukraine or even all of it. Ukraine is just a stepping stone for Russia. Zelensky in Washington for talks with President Biden. Together, they will make another push for Congress to pass more aid to Ukraine. Andy Field, ABC News, Washington. I love the guy. He's a tremendous communicator. And think about how effectively he communicates in our language, even. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right? To find the words, to, to choose those words, to be inspiring. And he continues to be all that. I just don't know. National Security Spokesman for the U.S., John Kirby, kind of lays out how the day is going to go pretty succinctly. It's a chance for the president to get an update from President Zelensky about how things are going uh, on the battlefront but also to make it very clear to President Zelensky and the Ukrainian people that we're going to continue to support them. So two things I took away from that. It's not clear to the Ukrainian people. It is not that we're going to continue to support them. We do everything publicly in America. This has been open for debate, and it's not clear. The president's promised, we got you, we got you, we got you, we got you. But our Congress continues to debate this. It's held up. So they know. They know there's a question as to whether or not we're going to continue to get behind this. And then to his former point, an update from President Zelensky on how things are going on the battlefront. Ooh. How things going, eh? Eesh. Not too good. No, sounds awful. It was a fascinating, I was telling you about this, months-long investigation by the Washington Post, and it revealed frustration on the part of Ukrainian military leaders that some of the expensive warfighting tools that they are being provided by the West are not effective in the type of warfare in which they're engaged. They're talking about back-to-trench warfare, World War I stuff, yeah. World War II stuff, right? And without air support, remember, we've stopped short of having U.S. fighters engaging directly in this battle. And Ukraine is telling us their armored vehicles are being destroyed in the battlefield by Russian helicopters, drones, and artillery that are flying around with impunity. And so there's this legitimate debate over continuing to provide funding for a war being waged in this way if we're not going to do anything different. So you got to at least discuss, are we going to do something different or are we just going to keep sending them the same types of weapons? But if you add air support, if that becomes part of the strategy, that changes everything about this war. Completely you know, puts us in a hot war with Russia. Mm-hmm. No longer a proxy war, no longer funding various other forces. Right. Comes a hot war. Yep. And do we want that with Vladimir Putin over there? And we don't know what he would do. Additionally... There's this whole other political thing where Republicans in the House continue to demand that aid for Ukraine would be tied to additional funding for U.S. border security. Vladimir Zelensky will visit the U.S. Capitol, where House Speaker Mike Johnson says he'll tell the Ukrainian president face-to-face why Republicans are holding up support for Ukraine's fight against Russia. So I'll explain to him that while we understand that, I've made my position very clear, literally since the day I was handed the gavel, that we have to take care of our border first. Johnson speaking at the Wall Street Journal CEO Council event Monday evening. He did say he does not want to see Vladimir Putin prevail in Ukraine. Dave Packer, ABC News. Nobody in the world wants to see that, hardly. There are a few. Right. Right. But if America is to lead... And we know what happens when America doesn't lead. That void is filled by others, and they're usually not good guys. You got 
That void is filled by China. It's void, void is filled by Putin in Russia. Void is filled by terrorists when America doesn't lead and have strength in leadership. And to have strength, you have to be true to your word. We told Ukraine we would back them. We continue to tell them over the course of a year, year and a half, now coming up on two. We told them we would back them. We will never back down. But the world knows kind of our history is wait out the Americans. Right. Because the American people don't have patience for it. Meanwhile, Putin's taking train rides to China, going to North Korea. And he doesn't have to worry about public opinion in his country. He is, quote unquote, running for re-election again. Great. He doesn't have to worry about winning that election. He can have complete disregard for what the people of Russia actually think about this. But and ultimately, like, so say there was some peace deal announced where, okay, you can have this chunk of Ukraine, Russia... What does that mean? What does that say? What, what are the ramifications of that? On the, on the negative side, the ramifications are you've told Russia, yeah, you can get away with it. Go ahead and take, you know, right. some. And yeah. Zelensky's thing is he's not going to stop there. There'll just be a next time and a next time and a next mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And he'll continue to roll wherever he wants. So, I mean, that's the negative implication. The positive is, though, why you have to at least consider it is. Less you, people would die. Ukrainians are being slaughtered. And what we're doing right now is leading to funding a continuing stalemate. Where more and more Ukrainians and Russians, for that matter, are being slaughtered and it's going nowhere. So the worst thing we can do is just drop another $60 billion and continue funding this conflict in the manner in which we have. But I don't know that we have the stomach to do anything else. So where does it leave us at the end of today? I don't know. And I don't know how I'm going to find out. 834 on Wisconsin's Morning News. 843 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Now, everybody thinks their job is stressful, right, to some degree, but some are more stressful than others. The most stressful jobs across the country are now out. These are jobs that uh, don't really include super high salaries, but some of them have decent pay. Um, So this has now been defined. Um, Should I give you the top five? Yes. Number five, most stressful job, (laughs) phone (laughs) operators. Phone operators provide information to callers by accessing directories, assisting them with a variety of tasks, such as billing, charges, credits, or refunds. They may also handle emergency calls well, and I help children nine, or people with physical disabilities. Yeah, hang on. Like, 911 operator is different than phone operator. So, my understanding that 911 operator is number eight on the list. So, this is number five. So, this is like you call the billing department at your health insurance yeah, or whatever? You get, like, hey, what's with get, all this? Yeah, and you get they get yelled at all the time. They get yelled at because you talk to a computer for three or four different layers before you finally yeah. said, operator. And then you got that person. <laughs> yeah. You're all angry. You're mean and, yep. and you not nice. And you gotta play cool if you're the operator. Okay. Uh, number right, four, most stressful jobs across the country, judges. Judges administer justice in a court of law. They may sentence defendants, determine liability of defendants in civil cases, perform wedding ceremonies, deal with divorces, and deal with very hotly political issues from time to time. I'm curious by that. Judges carry a tremendous amount of weight on their shoulders, so maybe the stress comes after. But you've covered court before. They got it pretty good, is what you're saying? Doesn't it seem like sort of, I don't want to say lackadaisical, but they kind of call to order when they call to order. Then we'll, t- we'll take a break for yeah. lunch. But we'll some come back their, about 1 o'clock. Does that work for everybody? Some of the yeah. decisions, though, okay, outside of when good. lunch is, sometimes their decisions can <laughs> be... like the day-to-day. It's not like they're in there hammering, 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 grinding. It's, <laughs> Let's get out our calendars. Does this date work for you? No. Um, how about this date? No. Good. Yeah. Number three be here of the most stressful jobs, anesthesiologist assistants. 
So you got to deal with those arrogant SOBs. <laughs> Uh, these assistants administer anesthesia for the surgical and non-surgical procedures. They also monitor patient status and provide patient care during surgical treatment. So, so what does the anesthesiologist do then? Correct. <laughs> Comes up with the cocktail. Counting the bills. <laughs> it's he or she that has to say, like, how much of the juice you get. You got to get the weight, the health history, all the stuff. How how deep do we want them out? Yeah. So okay. all of that. Yes. Number two. I have an anesthesiologist on my medical team at Ortho, Wisconsin. Good. As you should. <laughs> yes. As you should. I know a couple of them. They're nice, they're nice people. Number two, film and video editors. They deal with all the video for media, jobs in TV, jobs in movies. Those producers, directors, directors, honestly. Yeah, so all of that. Or maybe some overburdensome reporters that have the initials of V. I don't know. Were you I yelling to, at your editors? Yeah, I used to mostly edit my own stuff. Oh, and yeah, when you're, when you're down to the wire, you know. You be on a live shot, okay? You got a five o'clock live shot right at the top of the show, yeah. and it's four fifty-five, and you haven't sent your story back in yet. And now you got the producer on the thing going, "Oh yeah, just checking in on the thing." What well, would you tell him <laughs> that the wow? Now I took a break to talk to him. I can't keep working on my piece of yeah, yeah. And now we only got three minutes left. Yeah, that's stressful, dude. That can be stressful. <laughs> Number one, you tell Gary that I'm going to get it to him. If he stops talking to me and gives me a chance to finish editing my piece. You said Gary. I know who you're <laughs> you talking know, you about. Exactly <laughs> talking about. And so does Gary. <laughs> Number one of the most stressful jobs, urologists. I don't get this one. <laughs> urologists specialize in conditions affecting the urinary tract. And <laughs> well, it's also, not relaxing. I'll tell you that right now. I <laughs> <laughs> deal with uh, insecure, self-conscious dudes all the time, too, which I'm sure isn't helpful. Hey, a little cranberry juice will take care of that. <laughs> yeah. So urologist, number one on the most stressful jobs. Man, we're running out of time. I need to get to the trees quick. We got a Christmas tree update for the city of Milwaukee. That's right. Christmas tree scandal. It seems that it's been resolved. But as predicted on this year's program... It was a little bit of fun down at City Hall. Oh, absolutely. We knew this would happen. Heads were going to roll. There was finger pointing. There was piling on. There was all of it. So ultimately what's going to happen here is also as predicted on this program by Milwaukee Alderman Bob Bauman, who chairs the Public Works Committee. They were going to find a way to pick up the Christmas trees at the curb after the holidays like they always had. But they were going to air out the grievances first a little bit. Well, if we don't hear anything from the state, it's going to be timely for us to get word out. Um probably right after Thanksgiving. You know, I understand maybe, you know, we could have possibly gone earlier, some people would like that, but we, we felt like that... January, when you got the non-compliance letter, wouldn't that have set off a red flag that would suggest... Uh, 11 months ago. Uh, Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it got, it got a lot spicier. So that was uh, the city sanitation service manager, Rick Myers, who is who DPW trotted out there to take the incoming from... Not only just the aldermen and women on the committee, but various others came into the committee hearing as well. Just to fire off. <laughs> just, to get, just to pop off. So I don't know why. I mean, he can take it up with his boss, but Drell Kreschke, right, is the, is the chairman of, is the commissioner of public works? Correct. Don't know why he wasn't available. Hey, Myers, you're up. Go out there and take it from these guys. And they gave it to him. So in, in his defense somewhat, what Myers said is they found out in January that they had an issue with the DNR about how the city has always been disposing of 
discarded Christmas trees. Mm-hmm. They were right. throwing them in the trash. And he was hoping, DPW was sort of hoping, that there would be this back and forth with the state on clarification of the rules. And maybe, now these are my words, not his, but I'm sensing that he was hoping maybe there'd be a grace period in there. Or maybe they would say, oh, okay, no, that's not how we're interpreting the rule and you can keep doing it. Like he thought maybe it wasn't going to come to the point where they're like, nah, take it yourself yep. to the drop-off centers. Hope is a great strategy, by the well, way. So, in <laughs> fairness, it does seem like that kind of was the strategy. So, Bauman's giving it to him a little bit more. Because we don't have the neighborhoods fill up with litter. Whoop, our experiment failed. We got 10,000 trees on the curb in March. Well, our intention was for it to work. I mean, our intention was to drive people to the drop-off center. Um, Chicago you know, Chicago does that. actually went to the drop-off center. If everybody actually did what you're suggesting, there'd be miles <laughs> long lines. Well, they get all burning my... gasoline, sitting idling in their car, get frustrated, and they'd throw them on the side of Lincoln Avenue and go home. <laughs> if, if they even did it. If they even did it, your other alderman's gonna be like, "Hey, can I get in on this?" Hey, like, <laughs> I got nope. something to say. Right. No, I got some. I want. Let me take a shot at go. the guy. Let me go. Let me go. It was, it was like it's like one of those fight movies where a guy's being held up <laughs> and people are lined up to take their their punch to the gut. It's right? like the airplane when everyone's gonna go. Yeah, and right. They're all lining line. up. Yeah. One's got a wrench. One's got a gun. <laughs> like, all right, I want my shot at him. So. One of the things that aldermen and women were most frustrated about was the timing. Like, hey, let us know. You knew back in January you were dealing with this right. issue. Let us know. Let us help you bring mm-hmm. this in front mm-hmm. and then we can be involved in this. Some were kind of nice about it. Malele Coggs tried to be like, eh, a little heads up. But had there been more dialogue, had there been more communication, even if you had introduced a communication file to Public Works in January, mm-hmm. it would have got the public conversation about it out there in such a way that maybe residents and business owners would have known. Okay, so that would come, you know, maybe, you know, you could have come to us right. earlier. Some cooler heads in the room, all right. Very nice. Well, that's no fun. <laughs> Who else you want? I got Stamper. Got? I got Westmoreland. I got Borkowski. I don't right. know if we got time for. I know we, Borkowski was good. Have to have Bork. So what, you. What about you the choose other two? Westmoreland or Stamper? Let's do Stamper. All right, here you go. Calling you to the table so we can learn and see what to do. Now, if you would have did it before the budget, we could have made adjustments. You got to do it early. You should have did it before the budget, at least. At least. Agreed. During the budget. I mean, public works come <laughs> into the budget. I'm back in. I'm about to raise the budget. Anytime. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll let outgoing Alderman Mark Borkowski, because uh, Borkowski announced earlier this year he's not running for re-election. So, so. I'm getting his brass knuckles on. He's right. just he's next. Fit, fitting him. Right. He's right. getting his no. wrists all taped up. <laughs> He's kind of doing the, the little trot, you know, like a boxer. Yeah, He's in his corner. You had a guy talking to him. All right, here you go. Next shaking back right, and I'll forth. Here goes Burkowski. Bob and Weave. You know, I almost, I really hate piling on, but. <laughs> Hang on. Do you? Know, do you? <laughs> really hate piling on. But I'm going to go here in this particular cut, another 40 seconds of pile on. And there was more, there was more than I could bring you. I'll tell you, I, this is, this is, am, this is amateur hour. Oh, this really is this, amateur hour. This is terrible. And. I go back to the elementary question of why city government exists. It's customer service. It's customer service. What do people pay taxes for? Customer service. And yet, I just befuddled that this conversation hasn't been taken place amongst the army that's in Department of Public Work or the army that's in the mayor's office or any other army when this is a basic 
function of city government. And Alderman Bukowski closed with, this is not splitting the atom. <laughs> it's not wrong. Apparently they'll figure it out. The Common Council expected to pass uh, some directive to DPW. Find another way to pick up the trees. Mayor will have to weigh in on it, but likely that will be the resolution of this. 857 Wisconsin's Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. WTMJ forecast sponsored by Dave Drake Camp Heating, where your comfort is their family's tradition. I have just 36 degrees today, 24 degrees, the low temperature tonight. And then here are the high temperatures for the next several. 40 on Wednesday, 47 Thursday, Friday up to 48 degrees under mostly cloudy skies. I haven't seen Steve yet. wonder how he's feeling about the game last night. <laughs> well, you got... Huh? How do you feel about it? <laughs> he just comes not happy. Not happy. <laughs> well, you got that coming up next. WTMJ Now with Steve Scafidi.